James Henry Trotter stood there clutching the bag and staring at the old man. And now, the old man said, all you've got to do is this. Take a large jug of water and pour all the little green things into it. Then, very slowly, one by one, add ten hairs from your own head. That sets them off. It gets them going. In a couple of minutes, the water will begin to froth and bubble furiously. And as soon as that happens, you must quickly drink it all down, the whole jugful in one gulp. And then, my dear, you will feel it churning and boiling in your stomach, and steam will start coming out of your mouth, and immediately after that, marvelous things will start happening to you. Fabulous, unbelievable things, and you will never be miserable again in your life, because you are miserable, aren't you? You needn't tell me. I know all about it. Now, off you go and do exactly as I say, and don't whisper a word of this to those two horrible ants of yours. Not a word! And don't let those green things in there get away from you either, because if they do escape, then they will be working their magic upon somebody else instead of upon you. And that isn't what you want at all, is it, my dear? Whoever they meet first, be it bug, insect, animal, or tree, that will be the one who gets the full power of their magic. So hold the bag tight. Don't tear the paper. Off you go. Hurry up. Don't wait. Now's the time. Hurry, hurry, hurry. With that, the old man turned away and disappeared into the bushes. The next moment, James was running back towards the house as fast as he could go. He would do it all in the kitchen, he told himself. If only he could get in there without Aunt Sponge and Aunt Spiker seeing him. He was terribly excited. He flew through the long grass and the stringing nettles, not caring whether he got stung or not on his bare knees, and in the distance he could see Aunt Sponge and Aunt Spiker sitting in their chairs with their backs toward him. He swerved away from them so as to go around the other side of the house. But then, suddenly, just as he was passing underneath the old peach tree that stood in the middle of the garden, his foot slipped and he fell flat on his face in the grass. The paper bag burst open as it hit the ground and the thousands of tiny green things were scattered in all directions. James immediately picked himself up in, onto his hands and knees and started searching around for his precious treasures. But what was this? They were all sinking into the soil. He could actually see them wriggling and twisting as they burrowed their way downward into the hard earth. And at once, he reached out a hand to pick some of them up before it was too late, but they disappeared right under his fingers. He went after some others, and the same thing happened. He began scrambling around frantically in an effort to catch hold of those that were left, but they were too quick for him. Each time the tips of his fingers were just about to touch them, they vanished into the earth. And soon, in the space of only a few seconds, every single one of them had gone. James felt like crying. He would never get them back now. They were lost, lost, lost forever. But where had they gone to? 
And why in the world had they been so eager to push down into the earth like that? What were they after? There was nothing down there. Nothing except the roots of the old peach tree and a whole lot of earthworms and centipedes and insects living in the soil. But what was it that the old man had said? Hmm. Whoever they meet first, be it bug, insect, animal, or tree, that will be the one who gets the full power of their magic. Good heavens, thought James. What is going to happen in that case if they do meet an earthworm or a centipede or a spider? And what if they do go into the roots of the peach tree? Get up at once, you lazy little beast, a voice was suddenly shouting in James's ear. James glanced up and saw Aunt Spiker standing over him, grim and tall and bony, glaring at him through her steel-rimmed spectacles. Get back over there immediately and finish chopping up those logs, she ordered. Aunt Sponge, fat and pulpy as a jellyfish, came waddling up behind her sisters to see what was going on. Why don't we just lower the boy down the well in a bucket and leave him there for the night, she suggested. That ought to teach him not to laze around like this the whole day long. That's a very good wheeze, my dear Sponge, but let's make him finish chopping up the wood first. Be off with you at once, you hideous brat, and do some work. Slowly, sadly, poor James got up off the ground and went back to the wood pile. Oh, if only he hadn't slipped and fallen and dropped that precious bag. All hope of a happier life had gone completely now. Today and tomorrow and the next day and all the other days as well would be nothing but punishment and pain, unhappiness and despair. He picked up the chopper and was just about to start chopping away again when he heard a shout behind him that made him stop and run. Sponge! Sponge! Come here at once and look at this! At what? At what? It's a peach! Aunt Spiker was shouting. A what? A peach, right up there on the highest branch. Can't you see it? I think you must be mistaken, my dear Spiker. That, that miserable tree never had any peaches on it. There's one on it now, Sponge. You look for yourself. You're teasing me, Spiker. You're making my mouth water on purpose when there's nothing to put into it. Why, that tree's never ha even had a blossom on it, let alone a peach. Right up on the highest branch, you say? I can't see a thing. Very funny. Ha, ha. Good gracious me. Well, I'll be blowed. There really is a peach up there. A nice big one, too, Aunt Spiker said. A beauty, a beauty, Aunt Spiker said. Aunt Sponge cried out, too. At this point, James slowly put down his chopper and turned and looked across at the two women who were standing underneath the peach tree. Something is about to happen, he told himself. Something peculiar is about to happen any moment. He hadn't the faintest idea what it might be, but he could feel it in his bones that something was going to happen soon. He could feel it in the air around him, in the sudden stillness that had fallen upon the garden. James tiptoed a little closer to the tree. The ants were not talking now. They were just standing there, staring at the peach. 
There was not a sound anywhere, not even a breath of wind, and overhead the sun blazed down upon them out of a deep blue sky. It looks right to me, Aunt Spiker said, breaking the silence. Then why don't we eat it? Aunt Sponge suggested, licking her thick lips. We can have half each. Hey, you, James, come over here at once and climb this tree. James came running over. I want you to pick that peach up there on the highest branch, Aunt Sponge went on. Can you see it? Yes, Auntie Sponge, I can see it. And don't you dare to eat any of it yourself. And Spiker and I are going to have it between us right here and now, half each. Get on up with it. Get on up, you, with you. Up you go. James crossed over to the tree trunk. Stop, and Spiker said quickly. Hold everything. She was staring up into the branches with her mouth wide open and her eyes bulging as though she had seen a ghost. Look, she said. Look, Sponge, look, look, look. What's the matter with you, Aunt Sponge demanded. It's growing, Aunt Spiker cried. It's getting bigger and bigger. What is? The peach, of course. You're joking. Well, look for yourself. But, my dear Spiker, that's perfectly ridiculous. That's impossible. That's, that's, that's. Now, wait just a minute. No, no, that can't be right. No, no, yes, great Scott. The thing really is growing. It's nearly twice as big already, Aunt Spiker shouted. It can't be true. It is true. It must be a miracle. Watch it. Watch it. I am watching it. Great heavens alive, Aunt Sp Spiker yelled. I can actually see the thing bulging and swelling before my very own eyes.